Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. statement of Dental Head Start is to help dental students become great clinicians, then I really am the guinea pig for it. Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew. My name is Erica Huyn. I'm a final year dental student and today we are joined with David Gia who founded Dental Head Start and we've decided to record a chat of the advice he has for me as a soon-to-be fully-fledged dentist. In this episode, we talk about what it's like finding your feet in that first year, the practice that you work at, the boss you work for, how CBD plays a role, but how it's actually not everything and how we can actually tap into so many other resources to learn and upskill, oftentimes without even needing to pay a cent. So for all my fellow classmates, congratulations on making it this far. We're almost there. So let's make the most of it because the world is ours to create. So keep your eyes open and I hope you enjoy this episode. Continuing education, it's like, it's always continuing. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be like a big CBD course. It doesn't have to be even an online course, like you're learning every day in the job. And this sounds cliche, but I would actually start with like that job that you choose and those first couple of years. It's not necessarily that job, but you are going to learn so much from what you do at work and who you work with and who you speak to about those challenging cases and your mentors and all that, even more so than the CPD. So like I, I think CPD is the formal education, but there's so much more around that. And so, yeah, I think like first job is critical. And everyone asks like, how do you find the right first job? You know, I don't have the answer for that. Everyone's different. I know what I wanted and I wouldn't, you know, I found something that suited that and, you know, it was, then that works for someone. It doesn't work for others. It depends. Like some people are definitely private practice and, and all the rest of it and, and gunning for like high digital practice with, you know, big cases, et cetera. And others, you know, that's not what they want. They prefer like, I don't know, more the, what's the word a more affordable dentistry the more the um providing the care for the patients who really just need to get by and that is a like a really important part of dentistry obviously and of course then you know public practice and the the opportunities that arise um, gives you as well you know someone i look up to a lot of someone i studied with who cat who we called her prof cat because she know, knew a lot and we still do she <laughs> was an oht came into dentistry so she like knew everything from day one it was great um but like she's you know had a, a bigger part in public and you know is it more influenced by that and you know teaching and being involved in universities and all those opportunities and then you know my past definitely been straight to private practice and with a plan for ownership and that's that's what I like and business etc and you know everyone's different others are like really pursuing um, certain clinical challenges uh, whatever it is implants or specializing in ortho etc and everyone's unique but you need to find the job or the mentors etc that are going to support what you want and so it's very it's very unique but you've got to keep an open uh, open mind and not not shut down and think, oh, I need to do that because, like, my friend's doing that or if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely keeping your eyes open and just being accepting. Um, there's some, like a little story that I kind of want to share with our listeners because we had our careers night a few months ago and they had all these different practice owners or you know, new grad dentists or people from all different sectors um, come and speak with us final year students, right? And there was a new grad. He was about three years out, I think, and he was sitting on the panel and just talking and <laughs> he had the jaded, glazed over appearance of someone who's definitely working really hard, but he gave some really honest advice and he's 
said something that really resonated with me because he was saying all of us are so anxious about getting our first job, about landing that dream job, about finding you know, the best mentorship, about finding landing ourselves in the perfect practice, right? And he said we need to get over the concept of finding our dream job. And he says, you're a new grad. Like, what weight do we have to throw around? He's like, there's something you will learn from any job that you find yourself in, whether or not it's the right job or not. He's like, you're allowed to leave. You're allowed to continue discovering things. But so long as you're keeping your eyes open, you're going to learn something. Yeah, that is that is so good. You are definitely going to learn someone something from everyone, even if it's someone where you exactly. might not agree with their clinical choices or you don't think their dentistry is up to standard. I'm sure they know a lot more than you as a new grad. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean you've got this awesome mountain climb and it's so much fun to climb it, but keep your eyes open to learn those things. You actually touched on something I did definitely wanted to mention as well. I think, um, you know, Many of you won't find the perfect job at the start and you, you might think it is and then you get in and it's not what you think. Keep it, your eyes open, you know. It's, it's, if, you, if you need to change jobs or look for something else to suit you and your career and your personality, then go and do it. If you don't feel like it's right or you don't feel um, appreciated and you're not supported in the way you need to be, then, you know, keep your eyes open. Go and find it. Um, and, yeah, those opportunities, uh, you will, you'll grow into or find the right thing if you keep your eyes open. But the thing I mentioned, you said, what CPD should I do? And I said, get the right job. <laughs> it's obviously a bit of a deflection. But like a lot of people, when they say what CPD, they mean how do I improve quickly? And I think really what they mean by like what is the way to do that is to try and maintain that passion. And obviously something lots of people talk about and I've certainly talked about it is work-life balance. Um, and what I mean by that is if you maintain the passion for longer, you're consistent with your learning, then you're going to be better. If you like run real hard and then burn out, maybe like I have, um, then you might be a little bit slower. So keeping the passion but keeping life fun and doing dentistry to support your life, not life to support dentistry, um, you will definitely go further. But like a lot of what I learned and what made general practice easier in the first couple of years was because I spent a lot of time just lurking around social media and learning tips from people who were just openly sharing those tips. I was listening to literally thousands of hours of podcasts. I was I was watching, you know, online CPD when if if it was available to me and getting as much as I could from that. And then yeah, sure. I was also doing big paid courses. But that's kind of like last almost. Actually I really like that point that you make. Like you pointing out that perhaps my question isn't worded the way that it should be. It's not not necessarily what CPD should I be doing, but how do I upskill? How do I learn more? And I think a lot of the anxiety that comes from being students and becoming new grads is, okay, yes, we'll start earning money, but spending like dropping two, three grand or like, you know, 10K on a course is a lot, right? And that's really scary. But from what I hear from you is that's not all there is to upskilling. If anything, that's kind of your last resort well not last resort but the last priority like first is where you're working then you know following people observing people shadowing dentists accessing all the content that's available for us without really needing to pay anything for it. yeah exactly exactly and, and like obviously we're not saying don't do cpd but um we're saying like that's a crucial component but don't look to have cpd answer your problems if that makes sense. And it's not going to answer all your questions. Something I heard when I was um, early, early on, must have been a podcast, I, I don't even know, but it was um, if you learn one tip that you can use in practice at a course, then it was a successful course. And that, uh, like you hear that and you think, oh, really? And then you go to these courses and you think it's going to teach me so much. 
seriously, if you learn one thing that you're going to use for the rest of your career, that was so worth it. Um, but think about all those one things you can learn from all the different avenues, like podcasts, like um, forums online. And of course, COVID has affected so many parts of our life. One of them is that a lot of CPD, at least the lecture content or the theory content, is online. And so it's a lot more accessible. There's a lot more, um, you know, bigger um, platforms, so to speak, that are online on demand. And those online on demand platforms often share a lot of the stuff you really need to know until you get to hands on. And then, of course, you know, you, you need to kind of fork out the cash for that. BOQ specialists have worked closely with dental professionals for over 30 years and they understand the unique challenges that you, as a dental student or graduate, will face at the beginning of your career. I know they helped me early on as a dental student and they can help you too as they offer a private banking experience and tailor their products for dental professionals. I can say they have great customer service. I've lost my password that many times and they've always been able to help me. Nothing like the experiences I've had with competitors. So if it sounds like they can help you too, get in touch with them for a chat. For more information, visit boqspecialist.com.au slash students or check out the show notes for more details. TNCs, fees and lending criteria apply. See boqspecialist.com.au for more details. You were saying before that a big important part is being able to plan it out as well and not necessarily doing too much and then burning ourselves out. Is there a way that you feel like we should be doing this? Like, do you think you did anything well or any mistakes that you made when trying to learn things? No, I, no, I don't really have a lot to say around that because I, I think we're all unique and some people can run at 100 miles an hour forever and, and that's really cool and obviously they go to a certain level or whatever. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're all unique. As long as you're happy with what you're doing and if you start to feel like the drain on it, then maybe you need to reevaluate, but we're all different, hey? And one thing you mentioned as well was that, yeah, very much our support network or the people that we're friends with, whether or not, whether they be our uni friends or people that we meet through social media or that we meet from courses. Do you have any thoughts on just the people that we surround ourselves with and how we can tap into these people to perhaps continue to inspire us or to learn from? Yeah, yeah. It's obviously like our network is everything. And, um, you know, if you can be connected with the people who are above you, a mentor, different specialists, um, you know, your boss or others, that's really, really useful. But I think something I would really want to stress is don't lose your connections with your uni crew, um, whoever that is. Um, Make sure you keep in contact and you support and lean on each other um, because you're all in the same place but you're all at different paces, right? So within a very short period of time, you'll all actually be collectively very experienced. Um, and so if you're asking certain things, someone else will know, you know, and you know, I'm in, this is uh, like five and a bit years out or whatever. And our little group chat thing still pings off every couple of days with different questions and different people can answer. And, you know, some are more vocal than others, but um, we all know we have that support and that is has been crucial, really. Yeah, no, that's really wonderful. I think, yeah, definitely you, as we go through dental school, you start forming that group of friends that you learn a lot from, that you see eye to eye with. And I think it's nice that we can still keep in touch um, as the years go on. It's important to not forget where you started and the people that supported you through those toughest times (laughs) and leaning on that and you're growing together. I think one thing we always talk about is just it'd be 
I'm so excited to see once we graduate just where we'll all be in like 10 years' time, <laughs> the type of dentist. And I'm sure you're starting to see that as well. Definitely. We, we, we are. We're starting to see people doing going down the different paths, specialising or practice ownership or, um, you know, really pushing forward education and really cool things. It's, it's it, Yeah, it is actually a fun journey watching each other grow up. And it happens really quick. <laughs> Jesus, it happens quick. I'm sure there's people listening who are well out past me and they're like yeah it does again we go back to that question about like what cpd should i do and i think like like we said you know it's um it's maybe it's the like the last thing and the most expensive thing but it's also something that's both crucial and required um it also can take you to the next stages you can't do ortho until you've really done some significant postgraduate ortho um courses and you can't do implants until you're really properly trained you're not it's not in your scope when you graduate and so then you need to think about if you are doing those cpd courses like what is what do my patients or my demographic that I work for, what do they need? Um, what can my practice support me in and what will I actually use? I think that is really important questions because it's very easy to go do a veneers course. Maybe I've done one before myself, um, but I actually treat a, a demographic of 60 to 75-year-olds and I've done like one big veneers case since then. Like it's just not something that comes up a lot. Maybe I don't treat it plan as much, but like, I'm not treatment planning an aesthetically driven population. And so from the, you know your choices of treatment, it, you've got to be able to actually provide it or it's just totally wasted money. I think that's really easy to make that mistake. Yeah, definitely not necessarily just focusing on what your interests are, but also the practice that you're working at and the type of patients. Just because you want to do it doesn't necessarily mean your patient demographic are people that want that. Yeah, and, and if you're really, really obsessed with saying it doesn't mean your patient demographic, then maybe you need to maybe look for another job. Like that might be a stretch, but like if you're really passionate about it, you've got to find the patients who want it. And you also have to be really good. Um, at conveying the value of that and communicating the importance and, and you know, getting patients across the line, so to speak, which obviously is the bedrock of anything, any of the larger cases we do. If you haven't already really got a handle on connecting with patients and building their trust and case acceptance, then, well, there's not much point, is there? You mentioned one thing before as well about how if there was one, if we could walk away from a CPD course and take away one tip, like that's a successful course, right? Do you have any other tips on what we can do to make the most of a course and not just attend and then come <laughs> home and then forget <laughs> about everything that we learned? CPD is like a holiday, right? You're just like, oh man, yeah. I've finished that case. And like for me, I live regional. So I just hop on a plane and like go and have a holiday. Um, and then I'd come back and then just go back and do normal dentistry without any changes. And that's a big waste of money. So don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's certainly different ways we can make the most of it. Like say, I, I will segue, it's a bit of a plug, but CBD Junkie, what we're creating and trying to provide one place to find all CPD in one place. Uh, we're also trying to provide resources to dentists to try to help you maximize CPD. And so we've done a little quiz to try to help you do it um, and a little ebook. But like, I think some of the biggest things I've learned over the years and different friends and mentors have suggested some of these things. So a lot of this comes from different people, especially Omid Azami, who we co wrote the ebook with, is make sure you go in with a list of questions and know what you want to get out of it. And then make sure you tick them off as you learn. And if you haven't answered those questions but expected to, then go and ask. Go and find out and make sure you get the value that you want. The other thing is if you're doing things that are new procedures or 
you know, specific things like, you know, after this course, you want to actually start to provide some orthodontics, then it would make a lot of sense to be treatment planning them before and provide and telling the patient exactly how it is. You know, I'm, I'm learning this, you know, maybe your practice will allow you to even do it maybe discounted like maybe whichever way and lots of patients would love you know they're cool with it because they know that you're eager and trying to learn and they're often willing to support without any incentive and have them on monday when you get back and and start that treatment because if you don't if you don't start you will lose the skill or the education very very quickly or you're at very least you'll lose the confidence and so then you've kind of wasted that investment of time, effort, money, um, all those things. Like remember, CBD is often the weekend. It takes you away from your family. It takes you away from your friends and your personal ambitions outside of work. So um, make the most of it. There's lots of other, I don't know, little things, but um, yeah, CBD, it's very expensive, much. You know, you, you go to uni and you're like, oh, I won't go to that lecture. I, I think I missed a few lectures from people. I then paid a couple of thousand dollars to go and see them lecture. Like what a ridiculous <laughs> ROI. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I think puts things into perspective. There's things um, I, I want to mention, like you know, you're you're a couple of months from graduation, and it's such an exciting and and like a little bit daunting. But yeah, you know, everyone goes through it. That's what I want to say to people, and I, I'd say this to everyone. And obviously, Erica, you're the same. But you know, you will graduate because you're good enough. You will graduate because you are ready. If that makes sense, you'll graduate because you have the understanding. You might, and I'm talking to everyone, I guess, but you might not really have a lot of clinical experience but that's what you learn from your first job like your you know your first couple of months your first six months 12 months but you do have the knowledge and so as long as you are you know believe that in yourself have that confidence and then make sure when you aren't sure you ask the right questions and don't do things that you aren't sure about um then you're ready and yeah you will start and you know, succeed like everyone else. It's just a very daunting time. And it's funny, I reflect on now because I'm, you know, two days into my clinical year um, and it's August and I, you know, I definitely was like coming up to this locum position thinking, oh man, like I'm really eager to get doing some dentistry, but like it's a bit daunting, you know. <laughs> so, so I don't know, graduates, you're not alone, I guess. <laughs> That's a really reassuring comment. I think because whenever, at whatever stage you're at, it always seems like the worst thing ever. Like you think about when we we're in high school, like sitting our VC or HSC exams, it's like, this is the worst thing ever. And then you're in uni and every exam period is the worst thing ever. And I think for right now, it's like, oh, we're about to graduate. I'm so scared. I'm so like, am I going to be ready? But then I guess the reality is everyone's been through that like everyone before you has gone through it they've survived and i think that's some really nice reassurance for you, David. <laughs> you, you are <laughs> enough you really- <laughs> no but it's, yeah, I'm uh, enough. <laughs> it's so true it's so true but like something um graham so graham you know he was editor for podcast for ages and did some interviewing and um you know he works in a practice of, of a friend of mine in a close area um and he's busy and he's doing great and uh, some of the things he I asked him this question, like, what advice would you have for a new grad, as a new grad? And one of the things a lot of us, me included, as I was about to graduate was I wasn't sure, like, about, like, how do you structure a day as as a dentist in the real world? You don't get three-hour appointments, sorry to break it to you. Uh, You can if you're doing a lot of stuff, I guess. But Graham's point was um, actually really good. Like, if a place has actually hired grads before, they'll be more aware as well and so they might be able to share what like their expectation is with a little bit of background knowledge but then the other thing that's really important is it's it's not a rush at the start like you want you don't want to stuff around you don't want to spend like 
20 minutes talking at the start of an appointment about stuff that's not dentistry. That, that, that is not the right way to go about private practice. But if you're not stuffing around, you're not, as he said, dilly-daddling, and, but it's also not a race against the clock. And I think if someone's employing new grads, they should understand that that the point of a new grad is to get that huge growth in the first six to 12 months. And then from a practice owner point of view, and I'll, I'll be perfectly frank, they generally wouldn't make money or lose money in the first couple of months or, you know, period of time. And then they probably will make more money later on in your time with them as you get more proficient. That's a fair trade-off really, especially if they're mentoring you. I'm, and I'm certainly not recommending going to a place that is underpaying graduates. I think that's really sad but at the same time if they're providing mentorship like kind of they kind of you're kind of paying for it <laughs> in a way um but that's that's the other side of that coin though you're going to get so much more out of that practice if you hang around as long as it's, it's the right practice so it sounds contrary we said you know leave if it's not right for you but if it is right for you you're going to learn so much more and grow further through that if you stay for long enough to see your recalls to see those fillings you did the first to see the first couple of crowns to see patients coming back and to see what works and doesn't um because what do they call um geographic success like nothing fails if you move practice often enough that's true hey (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) because you don't get to see it another thing i want to mention um for graduates as you come out is something that also graham suggested i think it's a really good point is your assistants are not now going to be like fourth year dental students assistants can be absolutely exceptional they can be um like seriously as a new graduate they can hold your hand and probably know more about private practice dentistry than you um they often will pass the instrument before you've asked and they'll you know save you in situations you have no idea but at the same time you are still responsible now you are not getting signed off by a like responsible tutor or whatever it is you know it's you and if you see something that's not up to scratch or if they're cutting corners just to get to lunch or something like that like the responsibility is on you and you are actually leading a very small team even if you don't like own that team you still are leading that team and so that's like something that is important to consider and to not um, you know, become really good friends, but then turn blind eyes to really important things. The more you learn about orthodontics, the more you see it applying to almost every case. It might not always be necessary, but it's almost always an option. So then you think, I want to do aligners for my patients. And your challenge is to learn how to do that to a high standard. But once you've learned that, many people find that the challenge then is how do you actually make that work within your practice? How do you make this efficient and therefore profitable enough for you to be able to provide that to your patients in private practice? There's two people I think about when I think about aligners and then practice management. That's Dr. Jeff Hall and Dr. Jesse Green. And now they've come together to create Clear Aligner Excellence, their new education platform that is aiming to solve both of these problems for you in your practice, while also giving you huge discounts off the major aligner therapy companies. Over the next six years, aligner therapy is forecast to increase by 28%. This is a huge opportunity. Take it with both hands. Clearex.com.au two sides to that right like you can learn so much from your assistants um you who have been in that practice perhaps for so many more years than you had but i find that really interesting where you make that comment how we're not just dentists now but we become a leader you become a team player 
in the practice as well. It's more than just yourself. Yeah, and you and you'll get a lot more out of your position if you do express some leadership skill, uh, maybe learn some leadership skills around that, and getting the most out of your immediate team. And it's kind of just communication, really. It's it's all extension of the same thing. Um, but those kinds of personal development things, um, I think they have they they cross over very very easily and clearly into our surgeries and our day-to-day practice. I'm excited. I can't wait to graduate (laughs) and become a full-fledged baby dentist. What are you most worried about? What am I most worried about? I think right now it's, I think time management would probably be one of the biggest things because as you said before, we're so just in, we're so safe and protected at uni where, like you said, we had three-hour sessions where we see one patient and we're supported and if things run over time, if it's cutting into the lunchtime, the tutor will just step in and sort it out for you. And I think that jump from having that luxury of just time and someone always there to bail you out to being on your own, being responsible for making those judgment calls and then having to go to full books, I think is probably my biggest concern, if I'm being quite honest and how clinically competent I am I think for all of my like you know fellow COVID grads they'll relate to not feeling like we've had as much clinical exposure to other people but I don't know if what gives me reassurance is what you've said to me a lot of times what a lot of people have said to us is you know come out of dental school and then those first few weeks of practicing is where you'll learn so much Um, and I think that's probably what gives me reassurance like I'm so excited to graduate I'm so excited to start seeing patients building my books building those relationships having them come back Um, but I just hope I'm good enough (laughs) don't we all it doesn't go away I guess I think um, the focus in those first few weeks really doesn't shouldn't be around time um even though like depending on the practice maybe they have certain expectations but i think realistic expectations is like you know an, an hour a point um, hour per patient and some of them are you run early and some of them you run late but then you looking at your own ways and efficiencies etc and in trying to change that over time um like for me efficiency is not about having shorter appointments it's actually about having longer more productive appointments in my eyes it's it's quadrant dentistry it's you know as, as long as the patient can tolerate um that is the way i see efficiency um but you know if you're not stuffing around your owner is going to be appreciating that and seeing you grow and supporting you grow so I don't think you should be worrying too much or you being the whole community out there, worry too much about time early on. Um, just worry about, you know, doing it right and then time will come. It'll You'll speed up. Anyway, I can't wait to watch your journey. It's very exciting. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hang <laughs> around with fun. the interviewing, right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that's part, that, I guess, touching on that, that's part of what we said about my journey with being a student coming on as a host whilst still being a student is there is so much that I don't know and our listeners probably know that as well I'm asking all the questions that I hope is valuable to all our listeners but there's a lot of clinical content or clinical concepts that I haven't quite grasped my head around just yet but I'm hoping as I go into being a new grad next year and hopefully keeping this up for a little while that I grow and that people can grow with me and that we're learning all together and we evolve and I hope that you know my questions and my interviewing style develops as I grow as a new grad as well. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm really excited to see that journey for you as an interviewer, as a dentist, as a person. It's exciting. Yeah. And to everyone out there who is about to graduate, congr- congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's a big achievement, yeah. obviously. You've done a lot. Now the fun starts, eh? Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. 
So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.